Reciting the Tashahud, Ta'uz, and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalib the Masih V, Ayyadullah Ta'ala bin Sazi stated, Hazrat Khalad bin Amr bin Jammu Ansari was a Sahabi, one of the companion of the Holy Prophet who participated in the Battle of Badr. He joined the Battle of Badr along with his father, Hazrat Amr bin Jammu, and his brothers, Hazrat Muaz, Hazrat Abu Ayman, and Hazrat Muawiz. It is also said regarding Hazrat Abu Ayman that he was not his brother but the freed slave of his father Hazrat Amr bin Jammu. When the Holy Prophet set out for the Battle of Badr he along with his army camped at Sukhya a place at the outskirts of Medina. Hazrat Abdullah bin Qatada narrates from his father that the Messenger of Allah offered the prayer at Sukya, a place at the outskirts of Medina where there was also a well. The Holy Prophet prayed for the people of Medina. Hazrat Adi bin Abi Azawa and Basbas bin Amr came to the Holy Prophet at the same location where they had camped. And according to other narrations, Hazrat Abdullah bin Amr bin Haram also came to see the Holy Prophet They submitted, O Messenger of Allah you camping here and assessing the strength of the army is indeed an excellent thing. And we consider this as a good omen. The reason for this is because when the battle between us, i.e. Banu Salma and the Ahle Husayk, took place, we camped at this exact location. He is referring to an early incident prior to the advent of Islam. On the outskirts of Medina, there is a mountain called Zubab, and Husayka was situated not too far from there, where a lot of Jews resided. He states, It was at this location that we also carried out an assessment of our army and only permitted those who possessed the strength for fighting. Those who did not carry the strength to hold a weapon were sent back. Thereafter, we advanced towards the Jews of Hoseka. At the time, the Jews of Hoseka wielded the most influence over the rest of the Jews. We then killed them in whichever manner we did. A huge battle took place between them. It was for this reason that he said to the Holy Prophet O Messenger of Allah, I am hopeful that when we are up against the Quraysh, God Almighty will grant your eyes comfort in relation to them, i.e. you will be granted victory just as we were granted victory before. 
Hazrat Khalab bin Amr states, At sunrise, I went to my family in Khurba. Khurba is the name of the area where there were houses of the Banu Salama. He further states, My father, Hazrat Amr bin Jammu, said that I thought you had left already. It was stated in the narration that was mentioned earlier that the father, Amr bin Jammu, also participated in the Battle of Badr. However, in fact, the father did not participate. This is what we learn from this and the subsequent narrations. I thought you had left already. I told him that the Holy Prophet is inspecting and surveying the people in the fields of Sukhya. Upon this, Hazrat Amr said, What a great omen it is. By Allah, I am hoping that you would attain the spoils of war and a victory over the idolaters of the Quraysh. The day we marched towards Husayka, we also camped at the same place. He is confirming the earlier narration which has been mentioned previously regarding the battle that took place between them and the Jews. Hazrat Khalad narrates that the Holy Prophet changed the name of Husayka to Suqya. I had the desire in my heart to purchase the area of Suqya. However, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas had already purchased it before me in exchange for two camels. According to some, he had purchased it for seven ounces of silver, i.e. 280 dirhams. When this matter was mentioned to the Holy Prophet ﷺ, he said, Rabbi Halbiya, meaning this bargain was very profitable. There is a slight error in the earlier account. The person I had in mind was another companion who did not participate. Hazrat Khalad, his father, Hazrat Amr bin Jammu, and Hazrat Abu Ayman. In fact, the earlier account was correct, as his father did not participate in Badr. All three of them participated in the Battle of Uhud, and all three of them were martyred. that is, their father, Hazrat Abu Ayman, and his brother, all three of them participated in the Battle of Uhud. Their father did not participate in the Battle of Badr. Although he desired to participate, however, due to his leg, he had a limp and was physically impaired in one leg. His son stopped him from participating in the Battle of Badr. In relation to Hazrat Khalad's father, Hazrat Amr bin Jammu, it is mentioned that when the Holy Prophet ﷺ urged to participate in jihad, Amr's sons prevented him from partaking in the battle due to an injury in his foot. <laughs> 
Allah the Exalted has also excused those that are handicapped from participating in the battle. For this reason, his sons also prevented him from participating by saying that since four of his sons were going to fight, what need was there for him to go, especially since Allah the Exalted had already excused him. Hence, despite his desire, he did not participate in the battle of Badr due to his sons. However, when the battle of Uhud took place, Amr said to his sons that since they did not allow him to participate in the battle of Badr and the battle of Uhud is to take place, they will not be able to stop him this time. He will most certainly go and participate in Uhud. In any case, he said to them that they will not be able to prevent him and that he will certainly participate. Upon this, his children tried to stop him due to his disability. Subsequently, he went to the Holy Prophet himself with the intention that he will personally seek permission from him. He went to the Holy Prophet and said, my sons are trying to prevent me from participating in jihad once again. Initially they prevented me from participating in Badr and now they are not allowing me to go to Uhud. I wish to participate this jihad alongside you. He further said, By God, I am hopeful that Allah the Exalted will hear my heartfelt desire and grant me martyrdom and that I will enter paradise with this handicapped foot of mine. The Holy Prophet ﷺ replied, O Amr, there is no doubt that Allah the Exalted has excused you owing to your disability and jihad has not been made obligatory upon you. However, the Holy Prophet ﷺ said to his sons that they should not prevent him from performing virtuous deeds. If this was his heartfelt desire, then allow him to fulfill it. Perhaps Allah the Exalted will grant him martyrdom. Hence, Hazrat Amr took his weapons and set off towards the field of Uhud, reciting the following prayer Allahumma razuqni shahadatan, wala taruddani ila ahli khaiba. Meaning, O oh Allah, grant me martyrdom and do not allow me to return to my family unsuccessful. Allah the Exalted accepted his prayer and he attained martyrdom there. The mother of Hazrat Khalad, Hazrat Hind bint Amr, the name of her father as well as the name of her husband was Amr. Rather, that, that was the name of her father-in-law and she was the paternal aunt of Hazrat Jabir bin Abdullah. On the occasion of the Battle of Uhud, 
She carried her husband, her son, and her brother on a camel after they were martyred. When instructions regarding them were issued, they were brought back to Ohud and were also buried there. When she found out that they had been martyred, initially she first wanted to take them back to Medina, but later brought them back. The details of this incident are mentioned as follows. It was the will of God Almighty that the martyrs of Ohud should be buried in Ohud. The details of this incident are as follows. Hazrat Aisha left her home with some women of Medina in order to acquire information about the Battle of Uhud. At that time, the commandments regarding the veil had not yet been revealed. When Hazrat Aisha reached Harra, she encountered Hind bint Amr, who was the sister of Hazrat Abdullah bin Amr. Hazrat Hind was ushering her camel forwards. The bodies of her husband, Hazrat Amr bin Jamu, her son, Hazrat Khalad bin Amr, and her brother, Hazrat Abdullah bin Amr, were placed on this camel. Hazrat Aisha inquired, Do you have any information of the circumstances in which you have left the people behind? When Hazrat Aisha inquired about the circumstances of the battlefield, Hazrat Hind replied that the Holy Prophet was fine and after him all difficulties are easy, meaning that if the Holy Prophet is alive, nothing else matters. Following this, Hazrat Hind recited the following verse وَرَضَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِغَيْذِهِمْ لَمْ يَنَالُوا خَيْرًا وَكَفَى اللَّهُ الْمُؤْمَنِينَ الْقِتَالَ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ قَوِيًا عَزِيزًا That is, And Allah turned back the disbelievers in their rage. They gained no good. And Allah sufficed the believers in their fight. And Allah is powerful, mighty. Hazrat Aisha inquired who was on the camel. Upon this, Hazrat Hind replied that it was my brother, my son, Khalad, and my husband, Amr bin Jamu. I may have said father-in-law earlier, but in fact the name of Hazrat Hind's husband was Amr. Hazrat Aisha asked, where are you taking them? She replied, I am taking them in order to bury them in Medina. Again she ushered her camel to move forward. However, the camel sat down on the same place. Hazrat Aisha said that perhaps it is carrying too much weight. Upon this Hazrat Hind replied, It is able to carry the load of two camels, but at the moment it is acting in complete contrast to this. She then rebuked the camel upon which it stood up. When she turned it towards the direction of Medina, it sat down again. However, when she turned it towards the direction of Uhud, it started to move quickly. Following this, Hazrat Hind went to the Holy Prophet ﷺ and related this incident to him. The Holy Prophet ﷺ said that the camel had been assigned. That is, Allah the Exalted had appointed it 
for the very task of not returning to Medina and turning back to Uhud. The Holy Prophet ﷺ said, Did your husband say anything before he went to war? She replied, When Amr was about to set off for Uhud, he turned towards the Qibla, i.e. direction of prayer towards Kaaba in Mecca, and said, O Allah, do not bring me back to my family in a state of disgrace and grant me martyrdom. Upon this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ said, This was the very reason why the camel was not moving. The Holy Prophet ﷺ then said, O group of Ansar, there are such pious individuals among you that if they take an oath in the name of God, he will most certainly fulfill that prayer. And Amr bin Jammu was also one of them. He said to Hind, the wife of Amr bin Jammu, O Hind, since the time of your brother's martyrdom, the angels have gathered around him, waiting for instructions about his burial. The Holy Prophet ﷺ stayed there until the burial was finished. Then he stated, O Hind, Amr bin Jammu, your son Khalad and your brother Abdullah have been gathered together in paradise. Hind requested, O Messenger of Allah, please pray for me that may God Almighty also grant me their companionship. The second companion who will be mentioned today is Hazrat Uqba bin Amir. The name of his mother was Fuqeha bint Sakan, and his father was Amir bin Nabi. His mother had accepted the Holy Prophet as well and had the honor of pledging allegiance to him. Hazrat Uqba bin Amir was amongst the first six companions who accepted Islam in Mecca and took the Pledge of Allegiance during the first bayt that took place at Akbar. The details of this incident have been written by Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmed Sahib in Sirat Khatam al Due to the efforts of the Holy Prophet the message of Islam had reached Medina. During the ashur e as per his custom, while the Holy Prophet ﷺ was visiting tribes, he found that a renowned man from Yathrib, Suwaid bin Samit, was staying in Mecca. Suwaid was a famous man from Medina, who on account of his courage, generosity and other qualities, was called Kamil. He was also a poet. Ascertaining his whereabouts, the Holy Prophet ﷺ reached his encampment and invited him to Islam. He said, I also possess a special book named Majalla Luqman. The Holy Prophet ﷺ responded, Let me hear a portion of it as well. Upon which he recited a portion of this scripture. The Holy Prophet ﷺ praised it, saying, there are good things in it, but the book which I possess is extraordinarily exalted and sublime. As such, the Holy Prophet ﷺ recited a portion of the Holy Quran to him. When the Holy Prophet ﷺ finished, he said, Indeed, 
This is a very good book. Although he did not become a Muslim, he completely agreed with the Holy Prophet and did not reject him. Alas, after his return to Medina, he did not receive much respite and was killed in a conflict. This is prior to the Battle of Boaz. After that, during the same era, that is, prior to the Battle of Boaz, the Holy Prophet ﷺ was visiting tribes during the occasion of Hajj, when he suddenly spotted a few men. These people were from the Aus tribe and had come to seek help from the Quraysh against their idolatrous rivals, the Khazraj. This occurrence is also prior to the Battle of Boaz. Thus, their seeking assistance was a part of their preparations of the war. The Holy Prophet ﷺ went to them and invited them to Islam. Upon hearing his address, a young man named Ayas could not restrain himself and said, By God, to which this man, i.e. Muhammad ﷺ, calls us, is greater than that for which we have come here i.e. it is better than our plea to assist us with the war. But the chieftain of that group took a handful of pebbles and threw it at his face, saying, Be quiet, we have not come here for this purpose. And in this manner the matter was disposed of. However, it is written that when Ayas returned to his homeland and was about to die, the words of the Kalama were upon his tongue. Sometime afterwards, when the Battle of Boath had taken place in Rajab 11 Nabwi, the Holy Prophet ﷺ happened to meet the people of Yathrib once again. In the eleventh year of prophethood, the Holy Prophet met with the people of Yathrib in Mecca. When the Holy Prophet ﷺ inquired as to their genealogy, he found that they belonged to the Khazraj and had come from Yathrib. In an extremely loving tone, the Holy Prophet ﷺ said to them, Can you people listen to a few things I have to say? They said, Yes, what do you say? The Holy Prophet took a seat and invited them to Islam, recited a few verses of the Holy Quran and informed them of his mission. These people looked at each other and said, This is our opportunity, lest the Jews excel us. And saying this, they all became Muslim. These were six people whose names are as follows. Abu Umama Asad bin Zurara, who was from the Banu Najjar and was the very first in his affirmation. Auf bin Harith, who was also from the Banu Najjar, which was the tribe of the maternal kindred of Abdul Muttalib, the grandfather of the Holy Prophet. Rafi bin Malik, who was from the Banu Zuraiq. On this occasion, the Holy Prophet ﷺ bestowed the entirety of the Holy Qur'an to him, which had been revealed thus far. Qutbah bin Amir, who was from the Bani Salama. Uqbah bin Amir, who was from the Bani Haram. The incident is relating to this Badri companion, Uqbah bin Amir. And Jabir bin Abdullah bin Ra'ab, who was from the Bani Ubaid. After this, these people took leave of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. And upon the departure, they said, We have been greatly weakened by civil war, and there are many disagreements between us. We shall go to Yathrib and preach Islam to our brothers. How remarkable would it be 
that Allah the Exalted may gather us again through you. Then we shall be fit to assist you in every way. Therefore these people left, and due to them, Islam began to find popularity in Yathrib. This year was spent in Mecca by the Holy Prophet ﷺ in concern and anticipation for the people of Yathrib with regards to their physical means. The Holy Prophet ﷺ would often think, let us see the outcome of these six converts and if there are any signs of success in Yathrib or not. For the Muslims as well, with respect to physical means, this era was one of concern and anticipation. They saw that the leaders of Mecca and chieftains of Taif had sternly rejected the mission of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, and one by one, the various tribes of Arabia had also put a stamp on their condemnation. A ray of hope began to shine in Medina, but who could figure that this ray of light could stand before storms of affliction and torture against the cyclones of hardship? On the other hand, the cruelties of the Meccans were growing day by day, for they understood well that now was the time to erase Islam. But even in this delicate era, such as a more vulnerable era had not befallen Islam, the Holy Prophet ﷺ and his companions stood in their place like a firm mountain. At times, the determination and steadfastness of the Holy Prophet ﷺ would even put his enemies to astonishment. After all, what kind of inner strength does this man possess? For nothing seems to move him from his place. Rather, in that era, the words of the Holy Prophet ﷺ especially possessed a kind of power and awe. When the Holy Prophet ﷺ would speak, he would do so with power and awe. And in these fierce storms, the Holy Prophet ﷺ would become even more courageous. On one side, if this sight astonished the Quraysh, on the other, it also made their hearts tremble. With regards to these days, Sir William Muir writes, Muhammad, thus holding his people at bay, waiting in the still expectation of victory, to outward appearance defenseless, and with his little band, i.e. the followers of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, as it were in the lion's mouth, yet trusting in his almighty power whose messenger he believed himself to be, resolute and unmoved. Sir William Muir further writes, Muhammad stood unmoved with such determination that nothing could displace him. This presents a spectacle of sublimity paralleled only by such scenes in the sacred records as that of the Prophet of Israel when he complained to his master, I, even I only, am left. He further writes, Nay, seeing Muhammad in this manner is in one point of view even more amazing than the prophets of Israel. The following words of Muhammad were said on this occasion, O my people, work ye in your place, wait in expectation, we too in expectancy are waiting. Therefore, 
This was a vulnerable era for Islam in that there was no expectancy from the Meccans. But a ray of hope was developing in Medina and the Holy Prophet ﷺ keenly had his eyes set in that direction. Would Medina also reject the Holy Prophet ﷺ like Makkah and Taif? Or did it hold a different destiny? Therefore, when the occasion of Hajj came, the Holy Prophet ﷺ very avidly left his home and reached Akbar, near Mina, and looked here and there. Suddenly, the Holy Prophet ﷺ noticed a small group of people from Yathrib, who immediately recognized the Holy Prophet. They came forward and met the Holy Prophet ﷺ with extreme love and sincerity. This time, there were twelve people, among whom five were converts of the previous year, and seven were new. They belonged to both the Aus and Khazraj. Their names are as follows. Abu Umama Asad bin Zurada, Auf bin Hadis, Rafi bin Malik, Qutba bin Amir, Uqba bin Amir. Uqba bin Amir came this year as well. The incidents are being narrated about his life. He returned for the Hajj this year as well. Muaz bin Hadis, who was from the Bani Najjar, Zakwan bin Abdi Qais, who was from the Bani Zurek tribe, Abu Abdurrahman Yazid bin Thalaba from the Bani Bali tribe Ubaidah bin Samit who was from the Bani Auf branch of the Khazraj tribe Abbas bin Ubada bin Nazla from the Bani Salim tribe Abu Haytham bin At-Tahyam from the Bani Abdul Ashhal and Uwaym bin Sa'ida who is from the Bani Amr bin Auf clan of the Aus tribe The Holy Prophet ﷺ met these people separately in a valley they informed him as to the state of affairs in Yathrib and this time they all took the bait at his hand. This bait served as a foundation stone for Islam in Medina. Since jihad of the sword had not yet been ordained, the Holy Prophet ﷺ took bait only in the words in which he would take bait from women after jihad by the sword was obligated. In other words, we shall believe in one God, shall not associate partners with God, shall not steal shall not commit adultery or fornification, shall abstain from murder, shall not defame anyone, and shall obey you, the Holy Prophet ﷺ, in everything good. After the bed, the Holy Prophet ﷺ said, If you remain true to this pledge, in honesty and steadfastness, then you shall receive paradise. But if you show weakness, then your matter is with Allah the Exalted, for he shall do what he wills. In history, this bayt is renowned as the first bayt at Akbar because the place where this bayt was taking place was called Akbar, which is situated between Makkah and Mina. The literal meaning of Akbar is an elevated mountain pass. Whilst departing from Makkah, these twelve new Muslim converts requested 
Please send an Islamic tutor with us who can teach us Islam and can preach Islam to our idolatrous brothers as well. The Holy Prophet sent Musa bin Umair, a very devout young man from the Abdul tribe, along with them. An Islamic preacher was referred to as a Qari or Mukri in those days because the majority of their work was to recite the Holy Quran, as this was the best method of preaching. As such, Musab was also renowned by the name Mukri in Yathrib. The second Bayt al-Akbar took place in 13 Nabwi and 70 Ansar participated in it. Hazrat Uqba bin Amir participated in all the battles alongside the Holy Prophet including the battles of Badr, Uhud and Khandak. He was noticeable in his armour on the day of Badr because of his green clothes. He was martyred in 12 Hijri during the Battle of Yamama, which took place during the Caliphate of Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu. Hazrat Uqba bin Amir states, I came before the Holy Prophet ﷺ with my son, who was very young at the time. I said to the Prophet of Allah, May my parents be sacrificed for you. Please teach my son those prayers which he can recite before God and bless him. The Holy Prophet ﷺ stated, O child, recite, Allahumma inni as'aluka sihatan fi imani wa imanan fi husni khulukin wa salaha yatba'un najah which means, O Allah, I seek health from you in the state of being a believer and sincerely pray for compassion and pray for success after attaining virtue. May Allah the Almighty continuously elevate the ranks of the companions. After this, I will now mention about a pioneering noble Ahmadi woman from America and will also lead her funeral prayer after Friday prayers. Her name was Sister Alia Shaheed Sahiba wife of the late Ahmad Shaheed Sahib. She passed away on 26th of December. God Almighty had bestowed her with a long life and enabled her to serve the Jamaat and also protected her from any handicap. She was 105 years old. May Allah the Almighty exalt her rank. To Allah we belong and to Him shall we return. Amir Sahib USA has written about her that she pledged allegiance in 1936 and from 1963 to 66 served as Sadr Lajna, a national president of the Ladies Auxiliary Organization. Similarly, her services spanned 50 years in which she had the opportunity to serve in various capacities, ranging from General Secretary to Secretary Talim and Secretary Finance, Sadr Lajna Mukami and Secretary of khidmat e she always maintained a strong connection with the Jamaat and Khilafat and always remained vigilant and ready for every type of sacrifice. She was an extremely kind and loving woman. She had committed to memory the early accounts of the Jamaat Ahmadiyya USA, which she often used to narrate. She also had the opportunity to invite Sir Chaudhuri Zafullah Khan Sahib to her home for dinner. Her husband, respected Ahmad Shaheed Sahib, also served in the National Amla and as the president of the Pittsburgh Jamaat.
Among those she left behind is her only son, Umar Shaheed Sahib, who, for the last 18 years, has been serving as a Sadr Jamaat of Pittsburgh. She was African-American. The National President of Lajna, USA, writes about her. Her lifestyle, her words, and her every action demonstrated that she acted in complete accordance with her Pledge of Allegiance, which she made 76 years ago. Her services were not just limited to the USA. In fact, she was known for her services all over the world. The national branches of the Lajna Auxiliary for every country used to be centralized under the Sadr Lajna of Pakistan, at which time Hazrat Maryam Sadiqa Sahiba, who was the wife of Hazrat Muslim Anhu, served as a Sadr Lajna of the entire world. Even she praised the late Alia Sahiba's contributions. Sadr Sahiba Lajna USA continues by saying, her name before converting was Ela Lewis and her fiancé's name was William Frank Browning, who was an active member of the African Methodist Church. They were busy in their wedding preparations and their wedding was soon to take place when her fiancé received the message of Ahmadiyyad and along with his parents he converted to Ahmadiyyad. After this he changed his name to Ahmad Shaheed. At the time of marriage she had not converted. Soon after William Sahib was elected as the president of Pittsburgh Jamaat. Not only was he welcomed with open arms in his local Jamaat, but his tabligh efforts earned him repute all over the country. Around the same time, they had a son whom he named Umar. Alia Sahib lived with her Ahmadi in-laws, and without telling them or her husband, she privately began investigating Jamaat literature. During this time, she came across Hazrat Muslim Anhu's book entitled Ahmadiyyat or the True Islam, and this had a deep effect on her. After this, she started partaking in tarbiyat classes organized in her home. Then one day, she heard a lecture of the local missionary who was a Bengali named Abdurrahman Bengali, which was on the Promised Messiah Islam's view that Jesus was saved from the cross and subsequently migrated to Kashmir. Sadr Lajna USA writes, The late sister Alia used to tell us that after this she stopped attending the church and began coming to the mosque instead. Finally, in 1936, she accepted Ahmadiyyat. Explaining how she chose the name Alia for herself, she said that I saw the name in the book once and liked it, so I adopted it after becoming an Ahmadi. She was always in search of knowledge. She spent her time in the upkeep of the mosque, cooking, offering daily prayers. It was not the case that she only tried to gain knowledge, but she humbly used to perform vakarimal and serve the jamaat with her own hands. Cleaning the mosque and cooking were her roles. Sada Saiba further writes, We always saw her offering prayers, and she was a woman of extremely high morals. She was often seen visiting and looking after the sick. We saw her offering financial contributions. Among the Lajna, she was always enjoining others toward good in one way or another. She strived to her utmost in promoting unity and sisterhood of the members of Lajna, for which she wrote numerous individual letters to members of Lajna in her final days. 
So the legend writes that there was one verse of the Holy Quran which she used to often repeat, which I've heard from her as well. Inna Allaha yuhibbul ladheena yuqatiluna fi sabilihi saffan ka'annahum bunyanam mursus. She reports that she would always repeat this. That is, Verily Allah loves those who fight in His cause, arrayed in solid ranks, as though they were a strong structure cemented with molten lead. The Sadr Lajna has written that she was the first one to establish the Mosque Fund in the United States of America. Like this, she started the Muslim Student Scholarship Award. The first annual Ishtama was held under her tenure as Sadr Lajna. Similarly, she commenced the Tabligh League Day in which Lajna members would send thousands of copies of the Holy Quran, introductory leaflets and pamphlets of the Jama'at to libraries across the country. She also started a magazine, the name of which was Hazrat Chotiapa Maryam Siddiqa, the then international Sadr Lajna, chose as Aisha. She also published constitutional guidelines for the Lajna entitled our duties and the path of faith. As a result of her launched scheme, members of Lajna in the United States presented great sacrifices for the Denmark Mosque Project. Likewise, they presented funds for the mission houses in Baltimore as well as Pittsburgh. She further says, Sister Alia would tell us that during her time, as 98% of the Lajna members had only recently joined the Jamaat by way of pledging allegiance, in the beginning, they would only enjoin them to offer the five daily prayers and keep fasts in the month of Ramadan. Likewise, instead of making them wear the hijab from day one, we would start by bringing their attention to wearing appropriate clothing, telling them first to make their clothing suitable. Then the next step would be to wear the hijab. Unlike a trend that has commenced nowadays, that those even wearing the hijab have began taking it off. She, on the other hand, would guide them from one step to the next, striving to provide spiritual training. Sister Alia put great effort in teaching basic recitation of the Quran by preparing daily teaching programs. Like this, those Lajna members who would finished learning the basic recitation of the Holy Quran, she would bring their attention daily towards covering some commentary of the Quran. It was with Alia Saiba's efforts that the educational syllabus for the Nasarat was produced. As a result, a desire to further learn religious knowledge was born in the Nasarat. The deceased played a huge role in instilling in the members of Lajna and Nasarat with a spirit of sacrifice. She would similarly keep all accounts of the donations in a very professional manner. When once she was asked regarding the difficulties she faced after entering the Jamaat, she replied that upon entering the Jamaat, I faced great difficulties. But instead of demonstrating weakness, I have always strived to show perseverance and remain content with the desire and pleasure of Allah. This is in fact the very lesson I have been teaching Lajna members for over 50 years. She further writes, Her character tells us that she was a minaret of resolve in which we all found guidance. She then writes, Her belief on the final victory of Islam was of absolute certainty. She would say that when the victory of Islam shall occur, the famous motto and slogan of the Jamaat of love for all, hatred for none, would reign supreme in the world. Likewise, she had complete faith in the institution of Khilafat and accepted it as the key to the victory of Islam.
That is, the institution of Khilafat shall remain firmly established, and with it shall come the victory of Islam. She would always say this. She then writes, It was this message that she, through hundreds of letters and phone calls, would give and explain to Lajna and Nasirat members with great effort. On 23rd of March 2008, she spoke to the members of Lajna, stating that all the followers of the Promise of Sayyidah Islam around the world gathered in the mosques and mission houses on 1st of January to offer the Tahajjud prayers as an act of thanksgiving. So why can we not do this once again this year, as it marks 100 years since the Khilafat of our beloved Promise of Islam was established? She further writes, O oh my Allah, remove all hurdles in the progress of Ahmadiyyat and grant us that victory which you have promised us. Our promised Messiah has laid the foundations for this Jamaat and united us all as one body. It is due of him that we Ahmadis feel the pain of one another, help each other in times of difficulty, pray for one another, partake of the happiness of another and are grieved by the suffering of another. By the grace and mercy of God Almighty we are one. She then wrote in her message to the new converts in Lajnai Maila there, It is God Almighty's special favour, and I am extremely fortunate to have witnessed the progress of the Jamaat with my own eyes. God Almighty has graced us by choosing our Jamaat for the propagation and service of Islam. Every week we have the opportunity to listen to the Khalifa of the time and advance in our worldly affairs and progress in our faith by acting upon his instructions. In the end she wrote, I pray, O my Master, remove all hurdles in the progress of Ahmadiyyat. Make us the true portrayal of our faith and grant us countless helpers. Thus she played a special role with the circumstances there in keeping the African-American new converts together. Her son Umar Shahid Sahib, who is the president of the Pittsburgh Jamaat, writes, Due to Ahmadiyyat and Khilafat, my parents became soldiers in the defense of Islam. My mother would regularly write to you, he is writing to me, and would also encourage me to write to the Khalifa. He further writes, Pray that my children and I are able to follow in her footsteps. Umar Sahib then writes, I had no idea as to how many people in the Jamaat loved and cherished her until I received all the letters with regards to my mother. Another local American Ahmadi, Sister Alia Aziz Lord, writes, Having accepted Ahmadiyyat, she, i.e. the late Aliya Shaheed, lived an exemplary life as an Ahmadi. When she was serving as Talim Secretary, no one wanted to fail her exams because of her, and thus we would all get together and prepare for the test. She then says, she was much older than me, but that would not stop her in treating me as a friend. There is one thing I noticed whenever an academic question was posed to her. Rather than giving her own opinion and mentioning additional things, she would always present the Islamic teaching. 
She had a strong bond with God Almighty, which was something that continued to draw others towards her. Sister Jamila Hamid, daughter of Hamid Munir Sahib, who is also a local American Ahmadi, writes, She would show me great affection, and when my mother passed away, she wrote me a letter full of her words of love, which helped me understand the philosophy of death. She was like an angel. Whenever one needed help and advice, she would pick up her phone after a single ring. She would always tell me that the purpose of life should be to serve the Jamaat and to love the Khalifa of the time as he is the Hablullah, i.e. the rope of Allah of this era. I would always envy her love for God Almighty. Once I asked her if she was afraid of death. She replied, We all have to return to our beloved God. So what is there to be afraid of? She had deep understanding of the message of the Promised Messiah which she would impart to others throughout her life. Another Ahmadi, Dr. Rashida Ahmed, who is also originally from America, states, She herself would strictly adhere to the teachings of Islam, but would advise others in a very loving manner. The love of God Almighty was reflected from her every action and deed. She further states, I had the opportunity to stay at her house on several occasions, and we would offer the prayers together and also recite the Holy Quran. After that, she would show me with great love and desire the letters she had received from the Khulafa of the community. One can evidently gauge her great love for Khulafa from her poetry and speeches. She would write poems as well. She further states, She demonstrated great patience. I would call her every month and inquire about her health, and she never once voiced a complaint about her deteriorating health. In fact, she would always recall the blessings of God Almighty and express her gratitude. Another Ahmadi, who is also originally from America, Sister Aziza, who is the wife of Al-Hajj Rashid, states, Sister Alia Shahid Saiba was an embodiment of the motto, Love for all, hatred for none. Even though she lived in another city, however, she was a close friend of my mother. After the demise of my mother, she did not end this relationship and I would always feel as if Alia Saiba knew when I was becoming indolent as she would immediately send me a letter full of inspiration. Another Lajna member, Khulat Saiba, writes, I became acquainted with Alia Saiba when I first came to USA in 1949. I was eight years old at the time when I first met her. She was extremely loving and friendly and had a personality that would leave a positive impression on others. She had an extremely long-held and firm bond with the Khilafat. She would mention about her correspondence in letters with Hazrat Muslim anhu. Her services for Lajnai Maila USA will always be remembered. She had an astounding spiritual persona, and despite being a hundred years old, she would attend the Jalsas, which serves as a model for us. May God Almighty elevate her status, and the spirit and passion she had to serve the Jamaat, which her son also mentioned, may God Almighty instill that in her progeny as well.